Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the live broadcast of Calvary Live. Um, That's why we call it live. (laughs) And it is the show that we take your calls and questions, talk about the things of God together, and we do that on the radio uh, live from the studios here at Grace FM and Calvary Church. The number to dial is 303-690-3000, We also have a, a live text texting line where you can text your questions in. Uh, it has also become our 24-hour, seven-day-a-week open prayer line that you can text your prayer request in, and we'll pray for you and encourage you in the Lord. Uh, that number is 720-336-0897. 720-336-0897. Texting line only. And then, of course, you guys listening on the East Coast, you're hearing this a one-week delayed, so Thanksgiving is in the rearview mirror for you, but that's okay. Call, because the, the show... Unless there was a note that says it's an encore presentation is live, so you can call during the show. We'll take your calls. You get to hear it a week later uh, for any station other than Grace FM. So thanks around the country, even those of you around the world for joining us. 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Text me at 720-336-3000. 0897. Well, tonight is Wednesday night here at Calvary Church, and we are going to be meeting in person for our Thanksgiving banner service. Uh, This is a time where we thank the Lord. Uh, We appreciate what He's done. We make a little banner uh, with paper, poster board, whatever you have, just to be able to stand before your church family and thank the Lord. We're going to do, yes. Uh, We do have CDC guidelines in force, and we're going to be flexible in how we do it, but we're going to do it uh, because we need to be together as unto the Lord. This is a hard, hard time. Uh, Obviously, that's an understatement, but this is a hard time. This has been a challenging time, and the hypocrisy of so many uh, in government that would shut things down and then take off on a trip or shut things down and, and pretend like... You know, we're going to, they're going to make people stay home and then they're going to take it. It's, it's, hey, look, we just need to come together. We're going to come together and we're going to be thanking the Lord for his faithfulness. Calvary Church, um, we meet at 7 p.m. We'll have a time in music. We'll have a time in prayer. We'll have a time together um, marching with our banners. The only thing, you know, we won't be doing is sharing pie together. Uh, like we normally do, but instead we're going to be giving those pies away. Uh, that's we're going to do it in Jesus' name, uh, giving them away, and knowing that the Lord is going to use it uh, in a wonderful way 
uh, just in, in the, the beauty of his righteousness and goodness. And, and so we'll be there 7 p.m. to kick off our Thanksgiving together. Uh, we are requiring face coverings and we are uh, following guidelines. But you guys have been meeting through this whole pandemic together. You know already what we're doing, why we're doing it, living in a way that's above reproach, honoring God, honoring man in that order Man, but what I, I've talked to many pastors today uh, that uh, this is the one of the most challenging times that they've ever experienced in their um, ministry career, and I would have to say yes, yes, indeed. Uh, the it has been I've I've been through a lot of challenging times. I, I can't quite say that this is the most challenging time, only because on a personal level. Uh, I've experienced something very hard, but uh, ministry-wise, yes. I've seen a lot of division, a lot of problems, a lot of pastors, fighting pastors. I've seen my fair share, um, but never before like this, ever, ever, ever. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. I got a familiar question here that has come through uh, the uh, text line, and... It is regarding um, Adam and Eve and uh, how she they asked the direct question. Let me just ask it. Why did God populate the earth through incest with Adam and Eve? You know, it's important to, to distinguish the, between incestuous relationships prior to the command of God against them in Leviticus chapter 18 uh, and until God commanded against it, it wasn't a sin. It was marrying a close relative. It's it's undeniable that what we call incest today uh, what was in the early centuries of humanity because there was no one else on the planet. Um, but it was also in such a way that the gene pool of the early ancestors was a lot more pure than what it is today. And now we live on the other side of Leviticus, and it couldn't be clearer. Uh, and and so you've, as you put things into perspective, you see later on, very early on, uh, with Leviticus, we have this act uh, forbidden for the people of God, and the and it wasn't sinful uh, in the time of Adam and Eve because that's the only children that they the only children that were available, the only people uh, that were available. You know, the there was no other choice uh, but sons and daughters to marry and reproduce for their siblings and close relatives. And farther along it goes, the reality of God saying this is um, forbidden in the definition of sexual relations and marriage. It's a good question. 303-690-3000 is the number. Lines are wide open. Day before Christmas. <laughs> no, day before Thanksgiving. Uh, sorry about that. Day before Thanksgiving. We have a lot to be um, uh, thankful for. Here's another text question. I was recently told, it says in the Bible, that Mary, the mother of Jesus, was without sin. In over 40 years of Bible study, I have not seen that. Do you have an explanation for that statement? I do have an explanation for that statement. It's false and not true. Mary herself, 
and this is where knowing the Bible is so important, Mary herself declares that she has a Savior. Uh, And let me pull that up for you in Luke chapter 1, verse 46. Mary says, And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. So Mary declared herself to be a sinner in need of a Savior. It's the exact opposite of what somebody told you. Uh, And Mary was not without sin. She was born into sin like anyone else, like everyone else. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Not a phone call waiting, but we do have... You can text me. I've been... I'll take your text lines. I'll I'll remind you the whole show. If you need somewhere to gather together, uh, we're going to be at Calvary tonight, Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado, 7 p.m. for a worship service. It's not going to be a typical Bible study, but instead, the day before Thanksgiving, this is our ninth annual Thanksgiving banner service where we come together and we are grateful uh, for all that God has done in our lives. We're grateful for his faithfulness and we make little banners. You don't have to make a banner, so that's not a requirement uh, to be with us. You don't have to make a banner. However, uh, you can. It'd be great. And you can uh, come and we'll gather together and we will thank the Lord. We'll sing. We'll take communion. We'll pray together. And we will have our banners together. Uh, what What's different is we would normally at the end gather together downstairs for a time of, of um, you know, sharing pie together, but we're not going to do that this time. Uh, instead, we are uh, going, we have, I've encouraged the church, would you guys just please give a pie away this, this year in Jesus' name. Just spread some goodness and some encouragement uh, to people in your life, to your neighborhood. Uh, and um, we would, you know, that the Lord will bless that. The Lord will encourage you on that. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. I also want to let you know, anybody here at church tonight at, uh, at Calvary will have a special first look at our books, that our, our mini book or our pamphlet that just came in called You Will Make It Through. Uh, we we got our physical copies. These are designed, they're small. It's a small book, uh, just a few pages uh, but it's a powerful little exhortation and encouragement, uh, especially with COVID, especially with the COVID fatigue, especially with this nonsense of trying to cancel um, holidays, especially for those that might have experienced great turmoil and trial. I think of first responders. I think of people that have maybe lost loved ones in COVID or all of it. It's just been overwhelming. The Lord led me to share a Bible study and also write part of this to our church for our church, and we put it into book form to share with you personally. Uh, So if you want to get a copy, we we got our first few hundred copies in the mail today, uh, and they arrived, and they're available. And we're we're just a couple weeks away from launching our full-size book that's been three years in the making called God's Help for the Troubled Heart. So pray for us. Uh, We've got a lot of projects that have been picked up during COVID, and uh, Cassandra and the team here... um, uh, various members of the team have just been killing it, uh, taking care of business and getting things done. Uh, so we are, we've been working pretty hard. 
um, and it's God's been blessing it. So we want to put this little pamphlet in your hand. Uh, if you aren't anywhere near us, just go to Amazon. Uh, it's available right now by order. You can order it. It's free prime shipping, uh, and it's all available there. It's called You Will Make It Through. It's a little pamphlet. We're calling it a mini book, but it, it came out really nice. Uh, very happy with the... And, and I was checking today. We I had this idea. I think it was on a Monday. I just had this idea, and I shot it over to Cassandra, my assistant, of uh, many years, and I said, you think we could pull this off? And we were able to pull it off in two weeks. Or excuse me, two months, which is unbelievable. I can't believe how fast we pulled it off. We wrote it, edited it, formatted it, got a cover, submitted it, printed it, and now it's here on the property. Uh, so right now, no Kindle version. We're working on that. It's just paperback. It's available. And we wanted to get these done before Christmas uh, so that we can get them in your hands. The full-size book is a little more, uh, pow- I don't want to say power. It's it's written to a, uh, for a different purpose. Uh, it was born out of the loss of our son, Eddie, and a need to communicate like God had opened uh, my heart to a whole new side of the church. Um, I mean, I'm not certainly not a cold-hearted pastor. I don't think I ever have been, but I do know that um, the loss of my son uh, opened my heart in a whole new way uh, to a whole new group of people, to grieving, hurting, loss, divorce, uh, obviously uh, miscarriages, stillbirth, um, grief in a variety of different ways. Unbelievable. That, so that book, God's Help for the Troubled Heart, un, I mean, I can't wait to get that into your hands. Um, the pamphlet as well, the mini book is great. I, I, it's written to a different for a different reason, different purpose. It's got that idea of helping you endure. What does that mean? Uh, how do I make it through? Um, and then, uh, so we'll have paper copies tonight. You want to get them. We'll have them available. 303-690-3000. Somebody wanted me to finish off the statement of Mary being without sin. Yes, it is a Roman Catholic doctrine. Uh, It is. um, So thank you for the follow-up. It is a Roman Catholic doctrine. It's not true. As many things that they say are true in Roman Catholicism, they're not true. Mary was not sinless. Um, The Mass... Uh, is not biblical. And here's the thing, you know, when you're communicating with someone that's uh, part of the Roman Catholic Church, they will always appeal to the church fathers or to church history. Um, but that's not a valid, uh, val- that, that's that's not valid in asserting uh, what the Bible teaches. Like church history and tradition does not take precedent over the Bible. That you've got to let the Bible speak for itself. And the Bible couldn't be clearer. Um, couldn't be clearer. 303-690-3000. So here's a good description. Here's a good description for the book. Uh, The full-size book is designed to minister to hearts with prolonged suffering and grief and challenges and prodigal kids. And the pamphlet is a 30-page shot of encouragement, quote, unquote, for this season that we're in right now. And that was really the purpose that I wrote it. I mean, it's going to be applicable to any difficult season, but it's for this season we're in right now. Um, so I like that. A 30-page shot of encouragement for this season. 303-690-3000 is the number. Phone lines are filling up. 
So let's go to the phone lines. Gwen in Maryland. Gwen, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, thanks for taking that call. You're welcome. What can I do for you? Um, so I'm a new believer, um, just about, well, a little, about a, two years. Um, okay. And as I'm reading the Word, I've really struggled with um, the story of Ananias and Sapphira, um, how, you know, they they lied about giving all of their property to the fellowship in Christ yes. and how yes. they died. <laughs> yes. And um, I just wanted to ask, like, I have trouble, like, understanding that story. And then also um, people have told me that those people were actually believers. And then yes. it goes with the whole question, like, well, what does that mean for me? Um, and how does that tie into the truth of God's Word? Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> It is a it is a challenging uh, true Bible story, and I'm glad that you pause there to really consider it because I believe uh, that's part of what God really wants from that particular uh, Bible truth, that episode uh, in the Scriptures. He wants us to pause and really consider the significance of lying to God and lying to the Holy Spirit, and you know, really, what you have, you have. You have a man and a woman, a husband and a wife, who I believe the real issue of the real issue of chapter five actually begins in chapter four, at the end of chapter four, where you have this um, um, example. It says in verse thirty-six, Joseph, who is also named Barnabas, which is also translated son of encouragement, a le- excuse me, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it. And brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. But a certain man named Ananias and Sapphira, his wife, they sold a possession, but they kept back, it says, parts of the proceeds. His wife, also being aware of it, uh, brought a certain part because Satan has filled their heart to lie to the Holy Spirit, keep back a price, you know, as you see Peter rebuking them and going through that. And then there, the first thing that happens is that. Ananias died and they wrapped him up and carried him out. Three hours later, his wife comes in, it says. She didn't know what had happened and was given the opportunity to tell the truth. And she lied. And because of that, she gets the same rebuke. Uh, This time, Peter says, you tested the spirit. And then she dies. And then the the end of this stories in verse 11, great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things. And the intent of this, this particular episode for the early church especially, was to create fear and reverence and respect toward God. That's what the word fear means, Um, that they would respect the reality of telling the truth because there are consequences for truth, or excuse me, consequences for sin not telling the truth. So let's back up a little bit. Ananias and Sapphira were going to die anyway, right? Yes? Um, Are you with me still? Yes, for, you mean like because they lied? Well, just in life, you know, they were eventually going to die in life anyway, right? Yes, yes. So what they experienced was 
death at a time that's you know earlier than expected because they probably could have died at an older age, but because they took their own lives into their own hands, right? Because the Bible says in another place that the wages of sin is death. In this mm-hmm. case, it's very literal for these two people that the wages of sin is death and the consequences of their lying and their polluting the uh, the truth in the church family at that point um, was an immediate death. And it was a death that was going to bring fear to everyone. But they were going to die anyway. So all that happened is they died at an earlier time. Uh, and what what we what we find even in the Old Testament is this happened before. This was not an unusual thing to happen. That not only did did God, you know, we focus on the difficulty of them losing their life immediately. But if we look just before that, Barnabas didn't lose his life. And we look just after that. And Sapphira was given a chance to tell the truth. So she wasn't killed without chance, without a chance. She was mm-hmm. given the opportunity to tell the truth. And she too chose to lie, just like her husband, because they conspired together. And God is the author of life. He gave them life. And so he therefore can take it back anytime he wants. Um, and he can exact an immediate consequence. Or like you and me, um, we've not told we've not told the truth before. I, I just I've lied before. I've been dishonest, and because of the grace of God and the goodness of God, He didn't take my life right away. But I should be very mindful that my sinful actions can lead to really bad consequences, and that's really the purpose of that story with Ananias and Sapphira. You don't really see it happening again in the New Testament, so it's not like something God does normally. This was a unique situation. He can do it if he would like to. He can do it all that he wants. But now you find that in light of the early church, um, the you have that episode in the beginning, but it's not really the norm or what we would say the normative way God deals with his people. But he wants us to know that truthfulness is important. He wants us to know that um, that hypocrisy and lies within the church are not accepted that they have consequences, and that you could even lose your own life for it. Hmm. Okay, so you do you do believe that they were believers? They were born again um, believers? I do believe that, yes. Okay. Okay. I, I wouldn't argue, though, with somebody saying, um, you know, Ananias and Sapphira were playing games, and um, they that when it says that Satan filled their heart that somehow he possessed them and I wouldn't argue with somebody like that but I do think that you have a you have people here either way I think you could you could make an argument and this is where now that you're a new believer you're going to learn that there's a lot of passages in scripture uh, one of the things you're going to learn really quick as a new believer is that Christians love to argue uh, and they love to argue about things that don't matter unfortunately uh, and you know, in this case, it could it, it could be, uh, you know, a believer. They could be believers uh, as they're watching everything. They could be make-believers, play-acting, hypocrisy. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't really make it a big deal um, one way or the other. I'm trying to look through um, and see, you know, I think the, the reality of these folks that they— I, I really think that they had a chance. They were with the believers. They were wanting to follow— they saw Barnabas, and they wanted to look like Barnabas, which is another big issue among Christians. 
They want to be known for something instead of their devotion to the Lord. And nobody told them they had to bring everything. There's nowhere that that says, go sell a possession and bring it. Um, nobody made them do it. It wasn't a church doctrine. There were people bringing everything, yes, but there was no mandate. God didn't command it. Uh, and here's an example where they just wanted to make believe and they paid the ultimate price. Yeah, I think the hard the hard part for me is as I've been reading, like um, I just think about the verse where uh, Paul was saying, like if you see a brother in sin, you should pray for him. Um, yes. And it also says, like in the Bible, if you snatch, you know, those who are in, like try to snatch them out of the fire, um, not being defiled by them. But yes, um, I don't see it in the Bible, like other than there, where like someone. Um, like Paul there, he didn't like pray for them. He didn't say, okay, you send now, like you're going to have consequences, um, but we're going to pray for you. We're going to like help you to see the truth through Jesus Christ. Um, but maybe it's well, I think, I think it's important that you see in the text that the death that comes upon Ananias and Sapphira was not from Peter. It was from the Lord. God did it sovereign. Like he did it independently Peter is just talking to them. Um, you know, he's he didn't bring death upon them as a leader, like as a man. God brought death upon them. It was his judgment, not Peter's. And you know, he's he's what what he's exercising in uh, chapter five of Acts. What you see exercised with Peter is the gift of discernment. God gave him a word about a situation, like the gift of knowledge, where. He didn't know what was happening. This all happened in secret, but God had revealed to him. And, and as, you know, as Peter's speaking to him, why has, um, when he asked him the question, why has Satan filled your heart to lie? Wasn't when it remained, wasn't it your own? Um, after it was sold, was it, why have you conceived these things in your heart? You've not lied to men to a God. Ananias heard these words. He fell down and breathed his last. However, there's time in this situation that this scripture could have been, you know, Ananias interrupted Peter and said, I'm sorry, please forgive me. But there's no opportunity. Like he doesn't break in. There's nothing in there um, that would have shown that Ananias could have repented. His wife could have absolutely told the truth because she wasn't with her husband. In those three hours, I think it's important for us to realize there was a span of time, even though she didn't know her husband died, she knew she was lying. And she could have changed her mind, uh, and she doesn't. But the judgment doesn't come from Peter. The judgment comes from God. That's true. That's true. And you'll notice, you know, there are times, and you'll see this in your own life, that there are times when you give a soft answer, and there are times when you have to give a hard answer. Um, There are times when you can work with somebody and, talk to them and other times where you need to exhort you know the bible says admonish or to exhort those words mean to speak a strong word to someone and peter in this case especially in the purity of the early church it had to be dealt with early kind of like parents when parents are raising their children they got to deal with things early i mean obviously not taking their life or anything but the idea of training them for the purification you know to, to set them on course for the purity of their life, they got to deal with things early. 
And here's God dealing with his own church early, um, bringing about, you guys want to lie? You want to be, you want to pollute the church? You want to hurt other people? In, in these early stages, I will not tolerate that. And, you know, you can see as you're reading the Bible, too, that it didn't take long for the church to go sideways. Um, and that's a warning for you as a new believer. Do you want to stay as close to God as possible? Because it won't take long for you if you don't pay attention to your walk with the Lord for you to go sideways. And I've been working, I've been walking with the Lord for 30, 29 years, and it wouldn't take long for me to go sideways if I decided uh, that I didn't want to live a life that pleases God. So it's a warning to us even today. Mm. Will you hear okay. the music? I got to go. Thanks for your call. All right, we're coming up on our first break. Shout out to everyone in Maryland and everyone listening on Hope FM, everyone on Truth FM. You hear the music. We'll be right back for the second half. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to the second half of today's program. I'm grateful to be a part, uh, a small part of the huge work that God's doing in your life. Uh, and just knowing that the Lord has a, a word for us as we gather together on the radio, uh, which is our habit, Monday through Friday from 4 p.m. to 6 p- or 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. And we're taking your calls and your questions. This is a show, if you're just tuning in, uh, called Calvary Live. And it is a live call-in radio show where we take your calls and your texts. And we are um, answering questions. It's not so much a Bible an- uh, Bible question answer show. Like just, we're not going to just give you, you know, simple answers. We're going to pastor you and minister to you and and uh, take a question like this in Max 5 and and really work through it. And what does it mean and apply into our lives? Great, great questions. So let's go right back to the phone lines. We're going to come back to Colorado, Aurora, Denver, or excuse me, Daryl is with us. Daryl, welcome to the program. Hi, Ed. Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. Uh, well, I was having a discussion with somebody and in uh, about the the Virgin Mary about okay. how you can, I don't know, they were telling me that you could pray to ask her to pray for you, but I was reading in Jeremiah in a couple of different places where it mentions about they were uh, praying to the Queen of Heaven. Is that referring to the to the Blessed Mother, or is it different? It, very different. Uh, because there is really no technical biblical reference to Mary as the Blessed Mother. Uh, she is a highly favored woman in the eyes of God. Uh, she's a highly favored woman in the eyes of man, ha- having the womb that carried Messiah. But she was a woman uh, like any other woman uh, who uh, had needed her sins forgiven, uh, who needed to have a Savior of which she gave birth to and promise in fulfillment of Messiah. And what you read of in Jeremiah, uh, when the Queen of Heaven is mentioned, is actually a reference 
to the pagan god Ashtar, um, the Assyrian and Babylonian goddess, uh, sometimes known as Ashtoreth or Astart. Um, but she, that the story behind this false god or this false goddess was that she was the wife of the false god Baal, who was also known as Molech. And the reference in Jeremiah of the Queen and he- Queen of Heaven, Jeremiah chapter seven, um, is a reference to a false goddess. Okay. Okay, that answers my question. Great question. Thanks for calling, Daryl. Uh, thank you much. Right. Okay, bye bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number. Clyde in Denver, Colorado. Clyde, welcome to the program. Um, thank you so much for taking my call. Um, I just wanted to ask, why does the Republican Party associate the party to a party of God? In my view, God never really formed any party. You can be uh, a part, you can be a member of any party and be a child of God. I would agree with your uh, your assessment, your your general assessment that. No matter what uh, party, political party, whether in the United States or anyone else that a person is a part of, that that person can be a child of God at the same time. Um, I I can't answer specifically your question, why does the Republican Party think that they're party of God? But I can say that generally in our country, in the United States here with the Republican Party, because the Republican Party has a set of conservative beliefs— because they value human life and are generally pro-life, um, that they generally have a high view of, of freedom of religion, sometimes even specifically freedom of exercise of Christianity, that the Republican Party most leans toward conservative Christianity and most leans toward a biblical understanding or a biblical worldview. However, um, we need to remember on a much broader scale, Clyde, that our politics need to be informed by our relationship with God, not the other way around, because politicians come and go, political parties, they change their mind, they they use pragmatism more than they use, uh, have a tendency to use pragmatism more than they use their faith in God. And we as believers, no matter what political party we are, have to... Uh, take a stand for what is right, biblically first, our Bible has to inform our politics, not our politics informing our Bible. And I would say that an example that I can think of is my dad, uh, traditionally his entire life was a Democrat. Uh, My dad was a union man, and because he was a union man, he um, identified as a union man, um, at, and because of that was a was a Democrat his entire life. He was born again later in life, and continued to be a Democrat, but also adopted biblical worldview that would be different. You know, our Demo- the the new Democratic um, president elect has um, has has already signaled in our country that he is going to sign a um, an act that puts um, demoral de, de- um, just dismisses marriage altogether. Um, he's already spoken that he is going to sign an act that validates abortion at every stage, including the last stage of right before birth and even infanticide afterwards. 
he's already begun signaling that his policies um, are going to be very anti-biblical. And I think that's how we have to view politics. We have to view politics in the light of the Bible. And I just can't support somebody that's going to kill babies inside of outside of the womb. Um, But my dad, you know, my dad, he held to a democratic view, but he began to adopt. He says, I'm a Democrat, but I don't believe in abortion. And, you know, he never he was one of those guys that was raised in a different time frame. So he didn't really talk about who he voted for. He said that was a private thing. And so I don't know who he voted for in some of the elections, um, but I would hope that as he was a born-again believer, that he would vote inf- informed by the Bible rather than informed by his political allegiances, allegiances. So that would be a general answer I offer to your question. Yeah, I think the, um, the, pastors, the pastors need need to do a lot in this respect. Because when they... Um, I keep on hearing the phrase that Christians are under attack. The only reason why people feel that Christians are under attack is because they're not living a Christ-like life. That's why That's why they, they kept on saying that Christians are under attack. If the Christians propagate the gospel, if they did the right thing and they followed the scriptures, then I don't think anyone could even attack them because they have a higher power. Well, I do think, though, I do I do agree with half of what you said. I would say that if, as we as believers are seeking first the kingdom of God, we're hungering and thirsting for righteousness, we understand that the propagation of the gospel, both in word and in deed, is our number one primary purpose of being on the earth, being salt and light, that they would see the world differently, and they would understand that their mandate is to preach the gospel, make disciples. But if they were to completely, fully find themselves preaching the gospel, that would not preclude persecution or challenges. Or, you know, Paul was thrown into jail. The early church, the early, the early church, you know, the, the 10 of, well, including Paul, 11 of the 12 apostles were martyred for their faith. You read in Hebrews chapter 11 that, you know, that so many lost their lives because of their faith in God. You know, Daniel thrown into the lion's den, the young men, um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the fiery furnace. Like, we're going to face trials and difficulties. um, And Christianity as a religion, a, a conservative biblical Christianity, is certainly not valued in our culture. Uh, it it was more valued. I do want to say, you know, having gone through a few elections, my it's been more valued under our current administration, um, and and a lot of laws have been passed. But our hope is not in laws and administrations. So whether we have, find favor in the government, I mean, the whole Roman Catholic Church was started because favor in the government, um, and it's possible that a lack of favor in the government um, could cause the church to do something uh, that they've never done before, you know, to mobilize the church. That's what happened in the early church in the book of Acts. The way that the early church left Jerusalem was persecution. Uh, And so persecution is coming, but I do think that many, many today, even listening to me right now, have blurred the lines between politics and religion or politics and Christianity. But I can also appreciate that 
there are those that are passionate about saving lives, you know, say abortion, uh, and want to see an administration that would save lives as well. But I think, and this will be my final thought on it today, Clyde, but I think that God is shaking his church. And we as a church, I've been here 21 years teaching that the end times are upon us. The coming of the Lord is upon us. It's going to get darker. It's going to get more and more difficult for believers that in the Bible says in the last days, perilous times will come. I personally don't understand why Christians are freaking out about perilous times coming, freaking out about technology that could make the mark of the beast real, freaking out about a one world religion. We shouldn't be freaking out trying to protect our comforts. We should be freaking out for the gospel and seeing that the days are upon us of the coming of the Lord, living pure, holy lives and going after the lost with all of, all that we've got. But instead, other things have taken the place and you know, none of us are innocent. We all have a little bit of this world in us. But man, I'm telling you that the reality of politics have just really gotten has really distracted many believers. And God is going to get our eyes back on Him. I'll tell you that. Thank you so much for your answers. Uh, I mean, I listen to your program all the time. That's why I wanted to call in because this is very informative and very inspiring. Um, I would continue to listen to your program. Thank you. Well, thanks for calling, Clyde. It was a great question. I appreciate your point of view. Thank you. God bless you. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Where are we? Empty lines? I think we have empty lines. Uh, Let me go to my text line. Please pray for my ex-son-in-law who has covid It's a mild case, and we're thankful. Pray for a dear sister in Christ who is recovering from a severe case of COVID. My only sister sibling recently passed, traveling mercies. So, Lord, I pray for my sister here who has a lot of needs, an ex-son-in-law with COVID, and um, a dear sister who's recovering. I know a few myself that have been um, affected by COVID, um, affected besides the decisions of the government. Um, I pray against the... um, I, right now, in Jesus' name, I pray against, as I'm inspired by this sister's prayer, God, I, I pray against the hypocrisy of our leaders. I pray against the, the, the oppression of those that are in charge and that they would yield themselves. I mean, you know, I, Lord, we, just, we need to learn how to trust in you even when uh, the authorities don't. We need to learn how to trust in you even when um, those in authority will try to be oppressive and then go do their own thing, like here in Denver. And uh, it's, you know, you I read all throughout your scriptures to God that uh, you give us the leaders we want sometimes, and sometimes you give us the leaders that we deserve. And you said that you'll give you'll give into the psalmist through the psalmist. You said God that you'll give uh, you gave them their request, but you sent leanness to their souls and. And so, God, we don't want just our haphazard request being answered. We, we don't want leanness in our souls. Um, so help us, God. We need wisdom to navigate a very troubling, difficult season. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000 is the number. We're going to go back to Maryland. 
Marilyn, Valerie is on the line. Valerie, welcome to the program. Hey, hi. Hey, Valerie, hi. you're on the air. I'm okay. Yes, thank you. And I'm, I apologize. Um, I know you're a pastor, um, yes. but I don't really know your name because I was just kind of introduced to the station. But I just Great. Want to thank you because um, I'm actually in my car. I pulled over. Okay. So I'm parked up front gathering up my thoughts because I have to do that sometimes. I don't have a question. Yes, yes. Um, and I'm not sure you'll be able to answer it, but it bothers me a lot. It's kind of a two-part thing. First okay. thing is, is there such thing as um, little sins and big sins? Like, for instance, uh, I used to commit adultery, and I stopped doing that because I started, I just, I just was alone a lot. Um, I don't know. I kind of started. Well, let me, let me answer. Face. Let me help you with that, Valerie. The answer is yes. There are little sins and there are big sins, but the reason why might surprise you. Um, I believe that we can measure little sin and big and big sin that way only by the consequence of the sin, not by God's view from God's view. Sin is sin, but as you and I experience sin, um, it, it can, like, for example, if you got angry in your mind and you said a bad word, you're going to have a different consequence for that sin than if you chose to commit adultery. However, we need to avoid both of them and we want to avoid both of them. We don't look at sin by, well, whether it's big or little in the sense that, man, every sin is going to separate me from God. Every sin is going to come with consequence. So I want to stay away from sin as much as I can and stay as close to God as much as I can. So I would say yes and no, but from God's perspective, it doesn't really matter. We don't want, we don't want sin in our lives. And so your decisions to live for God are good decisions. Great question. What's your second one? Hello? Uh, Yes. What's your second one, Valerie? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. So, okay. So my next thing was like, I did quit doing that. It'll be six years this December and, um, still friends with the person. Now, when I say big sin, little sin, I think like I used to commit adultery and I don't anymore. Um, and then, like, for cursing or, like, getting mad at my sister or yeah. calling somebody name or thinking something hateful and mean because I can't help. I do that. I do. And um, Okay, so help me out with your second question because we've got, we've got somebody waiting. So go ahead and give me the second one. All right. My second question is... Um, Gee, I don't know. Should we just start not for people to tell me we should decide who we help? Like if it's, and I'm not judging somebody. You, should, you have people tell you what? I didn't hear I that. I try to help everybody. Okay, good. Like my family said some people um, I shouldn't try to help because, I don't know, because they don't look like me or anybody. And I feel like that's how people are. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Sure. But like I was helping this guy down the street. And I like him. I feel bad. And um, yes, I don't know. He's like she. They know him from growing up. And she just said, you know, it's probably not a good idea. And I thought it was. And then well, it really depends. It, about it. it really depends on the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in your life and your heart to help people is a good thing. I think what your what your family might be trying to help you with is learning discernment and learning how best to help somebody. We have to learn how to how to determine what the best thing is to help someone sometimes. 
not necessarily help. You're not going to help people the same way all the time. And it could be um, that your family is trying to help you learn that distinction. But don't ever lose your desire to help people um, because that's a good thing. But you would want to be careful how to help people and what that looks like. And you're going to help certain people different ways because it's like the difference between wants and needs, right? There's a big difference. We have a lot of wants, but God has promised to provide for our needs. And and so we want to have that same uh, mindset when we're helping other people that we do it as led by the Holy Spirit. All right, we're going to move on to Chasey, it looks like, in Aurora. Chasey, welcome to the program. Um, hi. 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 Um, so I have a question. Um, what happens when um, babies or kids, um, what happens to babies or kids during the rapture? I believe that babies and kids under the age of accountability go right into the presence of the Lord. So like you, you're at an age where you understand the love of God, right? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you understand that Jesus Christ died for your sins? Yes. Have you repented of your sins and given your life to Jesus? Um, no. Why not? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Would you like to do that right now? Um, sure. Yeah, I think it's real important for you to be able to confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead because you're old enough to understand. And because you're old enough to understand, you're going to want to make that decision um, based on your understanding. And so are you ready to receive the Lord Jesus Christ into your life? Uh, yes. Okay, you want to pray with me? Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, pray after me. You could say something like this. You could say, Dear God. Dear God. I believe you sent Jesus Christ. I believe you sent Jesus Christ. To live for me. To live for me. To die for me. To die for me. And I believe he rose again from the dead. And I believe that he rose again from the dead. To save my soul save my soul. And I'm asking you, God. And I'm asking you, God. To help me. To help me. Turn away from my sins. Turn away from my sins. And follow you. And follow you. All the days of my life. All the days of my life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Congratulations! You did. You made. Are you? Are your parents nearby right now? Uh, yeah, my dad is. Mm-hmm. Well, you have made a most important decision that you're going to want to tell your dad that you just did because what happened today is that you obeyed God in confessing with your mouth the belief you have in your your heart. And if your dad gives permission, and so if you could, if your dad's nearby, I'm going to ask Kevin to put you on hold so that we could send you something to help you learn how to grow. We have something just for kids. We made just for kids on how to grow up as a believer, and we'd love to put it in the mail for you, okay? Okay. 
But we need your dad's permission, so I'm going to put you on hold in a second, but I want to finish my answer to you because now what's going to happen to you when the rapture takes place, I believe because you're a born-again believer at nine years old, you're going to go to be with the Lord in the rapture too. Isn't that awesome? I think it's awesome. Kevin, did you put him on hold? Okay, put it on hold. That's okay. That's all right. You, Chasey, are in the family of God. And even though you called the radio station with a question, God had something far better for you. And that's going to be the rest of your life. God has something far better for you. And Kevin's going to take it from here uh, to get that information from your dad so that we can send you a gift, okay? Oh, man. Well, why else would we want to do this? This is why we, this, of all the difficulties and everything that we face and all the challenges that go throughout, to have a, a kiddo call the station, have a Bible question, but it actually leads to a validation, a verbal commitment to follow Jesus. There's nothing like it. And nothing like it. So thank you guys that are listening for praying um, it's not easy to keep this uh, radio show going. We have technology issues. We have personal issues. We have church issues. We have warfare. I don't even know how to describe it to you. It's you know like you go through things. We go through things. Everybody, all the pieces of the puzzle. You wouldn't be. You would be amazed at how many people are needed um, uh, and used. I don't even know about needed, but used by God to keep this going. The church, you know, because right now the radio station uh, is an outreach of the church. So anyway, I don't need to explain all that to you. Just thank you guys for your prayers. Um, thank you for your financial support. So just think of that. Anyone that supports Grace FM financially or even by prayer, the fruit of little Chasey's salvation is going to go to your account. I don't know how God's going to sort it all out in heaven at the Bema seat. I don't know, but he is. You might think, well, Ed, you did that. I did nothing, absolutely nothing. I mean, I'm here to be faithful unto the Lord. God did it all. And um, that's God's the faith. He's the faithful one. So uh, let's see. I think I have someone else online. We got maybe um, I, I, Jim in Denver. I've got maybe a minute uh, to take your call. Jim, are you still with us? Yeah. So give me a quick question, and I'll give you a quick answer. Um, it's just the issue of laziness, um, just being more dedicated to kind of the work I have to do. I just distract and um, kind of feel guilty about that, but no matter how much I beat myself up, it doesn't really change the behavior. Just any input on dealing with that before the Lord. Well, I do think that laziness is sinful and can be, and it sounds like that's kind of what you're dealing with because it's being used against you. And I think what, what God is wanting to draw out from you is a real repentance. And repentance speaks of a change of heart and a change of mind. And just to really understand that your life matters, Jim. I know sometimes we look at laziness like, well, it's all because of me and my personality and I'm just no good and kind of condemnation, but... Let me give you a different perspective. Laziness robs God 
of you being used by him. And it robs you of your full, you know, fulfillment and being the man that God has, um, has created and he loves you and he wants to use you and he wants you to experience the fullness of all that he has for you and whatever it is you're filling your time with. And I'm not even, you know, I'm not talking about episodes of laziness that we might all have because we're tired, but you know, the, the ongoing deal where we're just not pressing in and we're not enjoying it. And, and I would, so I would say practically set some goals, some small goals and be faithful in them. Because if you're faithful in the little things, God said he'll give you more. And sometimes we make our goals so big that they're so discouraging, we'll never make them. But if we set a series of small goals, like for example, let me give you one, and it may not a deal with because we're going to run out of time. You should call me back next week. I'd love to talk about this. Um, But let's say um, if you just set a small goal, I'm going to wake up every morning um, this week at 6 a.m. or a half hour earlier than I normally do just to get up, spend some time so I'm not in a hurry, and maybe I'll read the Bible, maybe I'll pray, maybe I'll call a friend, you know, what? I'll get to work early, and you just set your life aside and go, God, I just lay this before you, I want to get up early, and then day by day, you just get up early, and if you do it Monday, Tuesday, you fail on Wednesday, but you say, no, I'm going to get up on Thursday, like, if you make these small goals, I know that God will honor you, and when you're faithful in the little things, he'll make you ruler of more. So please call me back. I want to talk a little bit more about this because this is pretty common of people listening in. And I apologize we ran out of time. But we're back at Calvary tonight at 7 p.m. We're at the end of the show today. We went right to the end. We're here tonight. It's our Thanksgiving banner service. We are going to thank God, thank God, and then we're going to thank God some more because he is faithful and he is good. And show up 7 p.m. You've been listening See you there. to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.